0: Listening to Embassy City Church's Audio Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. If you have your Bibles though, I want you to go to the book of Second Samuel, Old Testament, chapter 23. Again, we're ending a series. Uh, called uh, support systems, and every single week we have uh, talked about uh, the ways that we need support. The first weekend uh, was remain in him, and the fact that if we don 't remain in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that who is our main support system we, we won 't survive. Uh, Katie krill spoke uh, the second weekend remain in uh, uh, re- remain in them, that's what it was. Remain in them, this incredible message uh, about David and his relationship with the prophet Nathan. Last week uh, was remain in community. And we talked about the reason why community is absolutely important uh, and the type of people that ruin community. <laughs> it was really funny. I had some people in Guest Intro come tell me, You're brave for preaching that message. <laughs> they were like, Yeah, especially point three. Like, if point three is, you know, basically you're nasty. And they were like, this was a pruning message. You know, some people might not come back. I was like, yeah. That was the reason why I preached it. <laughs> a healthy body eliminates. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> That's all I'll go into. This is not, it's not that weekend. If you're taking notes for this weekend, the title of this message is Remain Friends. We're ending this, this series with a message entitled Remain Friends. Now, it's a play on words for me because I'm, I'm actually saying two things with, with one statement. One is uh, you should remain friends with the people uh, that, that you have relationship with. But, but the other, but, but I'm also describing the type of friends you need. Yeah. You actually need remain friends. Yeah. You need the type of people that help you remain. You, that's a type of friend you need. You need a remain type friend. And so, so I'm going to give you uh, three points to talk about three type of friends that you need in your life. Uh, th- th- you could have one friend that that covers all three points and you've hit the human lottery. For some of you, you need, you know, several type of friends to to to, to make up these three. But you need these three type of friends uh, if you're going to make it uh, uh, in your life. Uh, as a believer, so uh, uh, 2 Samuel chapter uh, number 23, point number one. Uh, actually, let me read it first and then I'll give you point number one. OK, uh, so so Second Samuel chapter 23, starting at the eighth verse. Here's what it says. These are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jashobeam. That's a gangster name. <laughs> the first was Jashabim. Now, let me just stop right here. I'm going to get so much credit this weekend for, for, for the, the, the passage of scripture I read, because it's chunky. It, it's the type of, uh, of stuff that you try to skip over. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna get an A in this class today. I'm gonna read all these names. Okay, I'm not scared of none of this book. <laughs> the first was Jashabim the Hackmanite, who was leader of the three, the, mightiest, the three mightiest warriors among David's men. Get this, he once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. hmm Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, a descendant of Ahoha. Once Eleazar and David stood together against the Philistines uh, when the entire Israelite army had fled. There's only two left, just these two. He killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword. And the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Next in rank was Shama. Michael Jackson was reading Old Testament before he went into the recording booth. Next in rank was Shama, son of Aggie from Harar. One time the Philistines gathered at Lahai and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. The Israelite army fled, but Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Once, during the harvest, when David was at the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three who were among the 30, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. Now, let me just stop right there. I was born and raised in Southern California in the hood. And in the hood, if you had somebody that died, you would pour out a little something that you were drinking. Could have been water. Could have been a 40 ounce of malt liquor. But we would say we poured out a little something for the homies. David started that. (laughs) And he didn't do it when somebody died. He did it for his homies while they were alive. Okay? So, so, so he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured out an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid I should drink this. He exclaimed, this water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. Point number one, please write this down. You need friends that fight alongside you. You need to have some people in your life that can fight like you. What I love about David is that David was a giant killer, but he wasn't the only person amongst his friends that could kill some giants. If you are the only person in your circle of friends that can fight, you need more friends or you're gonna get tired <laughs> of fighting everybody else's battles and you never have anybody that can fight alongside you. Jashabe? Jashabee took a spear and killed 800 men. That's a long day. (laughs) That was only five thrusts. 795 more thrusts, this dude. That's the kind of friend I want. I need somebody around me that's like, listen, man, can you bring your spear? We have some fighting to do. They fight alongside you. Eliezer? The whole, the whole army leaves, and David's by himself, and is saying, no, I'm staying with you. And he fought so long, he couldn't lift his sword anymore. And the Lord brought them a great battle. Shama, Shammah. Shammah fought in a, a, a field of beans and push back the enemies, these were fighters. This, this last example is the one that that, that is amazing to me. D- David just says, it would be like saying, man, um, uh, I, I, love, uh, uh, I love Evian water, but they only sell it at the store that's on the other side of the gate where all of our enemies are. And they're like, we'll go get it. Like, like, you need some people that tell you that, like, like, when you suggest something, they're like, I'll go do that. And you're like, no, it's dangerous over there. am like, dangerous to who? Anybody got friends like that? I have some friends like that. Like, they don't even care. You're like, you say fight, and they're like, where? Where You, you need it today? You need me to bring a shovel? Where do you need? Is it going to be legal? Will we be okay? <laughs> Is this against the law? Even a little bit? <laughs> they breached the Philistine gate. Scoop up some water and bring it back to David. (sighs) He said, What is this? You said you wanted that water. He's like, I didn't know you were gonna go get it. He's like, You you said you wanted it, so here it is. And he took that water. And here's how you know that he was a servant king and not a dictator. He poured it out. This was a sign. That he was the type of leader that would not manipulate people for his own desire. He said, I cannot drink this water. It's as precious as the blood of the men who risked their lives for. It. You need some friends that can fight alongside you. There are going to be seasons in your life. Or you cannot do this alone. We need the support of our friends. And if you don't have friends that can fight alongside you, that can carry their own weight, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you can't drag people along as you grow in your faith with Jesus Christ. You're going to need some people that want to grow in their faith like you are growing in your faith and you are fighting alongside each other. You need people who can fight alongside you. So let me read you the second story and then I'll give you the point, okay? Galatians chapter number two. Galatians chapter number two. This is one of my favorites. Galatians 2, starting at the 11th verse. Here's what it says. But when Peter came to Antioch, this is Paul writing, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. That's peer pressure. I'll explain it to you in a minute. He was afraid of the criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners, quote unquote, like the Gentiles, yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law, and we have believed in G- in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ not because we have obeyed the law for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law point number 2 please write this down you need friends that will fight against you <laughs> you need friends that will fight Against you now, now now some of this might uh, th- that statement might land on some of you as, then that's an enemy. If this person' is against me, then then, then then he must not be for me. no, 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 not all the time. An enemy wants you dead. They don't like you. They'll make up anything about you. but a friend, if they come against you, it's because they see something in you that does not represent the character and integrity that you've committed to. In the relationship that you've established with them. And so they'll push against you. And it's very healthy to have friendships where confrontation exists. Let me take my time here. The majority of people don't even like the word confrontation. Because the only confrontation they've ever experienced is unhealthy confrontation. But, but let me tell you what the word confront means. It means to face forward. That's all confront means. It means to face forward. Confrontations means to face forward on an issue that's in front of you. Okay? So, so let's, let's just say my, my, my friend and I uh, uh, run into a situation that we can't get past. We've reached an impasse, and now we must have a confrontation. What we want to face forward on is the obstacle that's in front of our relationship. The obstacle that's in front of our relationship is not the other person. It's the issue. So we need to face forward on the issue. If both of us look at the issue and address it, we can get past it. A a, a relational equity is now established. There is a deepening in the relationship and we move forward in the relationship. That's healthy confrontation. Unhealthy confrontation is when one or none of the individual or parties want to face forward on the issue. So here's the issue, and this is how they want to face it. It's not there. It doesn't exist. That's not a true statement. And it's like, no, 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 look, it's right here. It's a log. It's the reason why we can't get past it. It's a log. No, it's not. Well, if you just look this way, nope, it's not even there. That relationship can't continue. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you attempt to try to continue a relationship with someone that will not face forward on issues, you will wind up in a toxic relationship. Because only one of you all will be uh, uh, facing the negative reality and the other will always ignore it. And then blame you for bringing it up. Jesus, I'm, 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 I'm gonna let that marinate right now. Some of y'all are like my friends list is getting smaller. I see some of y'all eyes squinting. Like, you know what? Thank you, mommy. I will. If 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 you have a relationship with an individual, and the thought of bringing up the log Ooh. makes you lose your breath, your mouth goes dry, your heart starts fluttering. Like like you, you even start thinking, if I bring this up, I already know how they're going to respond. There's a spirit behind that. Any confrontation that makes you start there's something about that relationship either in you or in them that has a spirit behind it. It might be fear. It might be intimidation. It might be control. It might be manipulation. It might be witchcraft. You, you have to, and witchcraft, don't, don't think uh, it's almost Halloween, you know, a cauldron <laughs> and somebody taking like three rat tails and four spiders and like. <laughs> <laughs> Scripture says witchcraft is as the sin of, uh, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Okay, so so it's synonymous. Rebellion means to turn away from not face forward, not submit. In the same way, it can become witchcraft if someone does not want to submit to see an issue resolved. Paul. Wasn't even an original apostle. He didn't walk with Jesus. He wasn't around when Jesus was around. And, and, and he knew of Peter, he, he did meet him, and, and they, they, they established this relationship. They, they both have a mutual respect for each other's work as apostles, and, and, and Peter's uh, primary role was to the Jews. Paul's primary uh, responsibility as an apostle was to the Gentiles. And, and remember, back in Acts chapter number 10, Peter got this huge revelation uh, from 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 God where um, in a vision three times this sheet came down and when it opened, all of this food that was forbidden for Jews to eat uh, was spread and, and and Peter said, I'll never eat that. I've never gone against Jewish customary law. And God said, don't call what uh, unclean what I've called clean. Yeah. Okay? So then Peter winds up going to a Gentile's house. They get filled with the Holy Spirit and Peter's like, this life is good. I'm gonna eat me a pork chop. Peter was like, the Holy Spirit is falling on these Gentiles just like these Jews. Listen, I'm about to have some food I've never had before. This, this bacon is amazing. I mean, he's hanging out with the Gentiles now, and he realizes that, 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 that uh, uh, after, after Christ, there is no Jew or Gentile. No slave or free. He's like, oh, there's unity, so this is great. Until some more Jewish people showed up. So he's sitting down eating a pork chop. Hanging out with the Jews, none of, uh, with the Gentiles, none of them are circumcised. And here comes James, Jesus' half-brother, with some Jewish people that have a different uh, 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 religious theological framework than what Peter has. And as soon as he shows up, he, oh, oh, he put down his plate of bacon and was like, mm-mm. Oh. <laughs> Tried to move to the other side of the table. And Paul observed this and he was like, you're about to destroy an effective witness about Jesus' unity because some people showed up that didn't think like you. Let me just stop and talk about peer pressure real quick. Listen, there's a lot of people that now come to Embassy City that understand kingdom in a way that they've never understood before. That we have people in, in here of uh, that are diverse, not only ethnically but but um, uh, generationally and also theologically. We have people in here that are Trinitarians. We have people in here that are Jesus only. We have people in here that that have a more Reformed theology. We have people in here. that, that It's great, but it's unity in here. What, what I what we won't allow is for one person's theology to make everybody else feel uncomfortable to the point that we can't be here and worship Jesus together. Here's what Paul was saying to Peter. Hey man, you're about to mess up this embryonic movement of God by making, people, making these people feel like they have to be circumcised when you know for a fact you've been eating bacon. You've been operating in this freedom and now your Catholic friends came around and now you're trying to go back to the hell. Uh-oh. Or your Jesus-only friends came around and now you're like, oh, I don't hang with those Trinitarians anymore. Mm, no, I don't. Come on. Or your Democratic friends came and you're like, I don't hang with the Republicans no more. <laughs> <laughs> See, peer pressure will mess you up. Here's Peter saying, uh, this is what Paul was saying. No, no, no. Stay an ambassador. I, I need you to stay free of everyone's little hang-ups. That would make it ineffective for you to be able to sit down with all people. And he opposed him to his face. Paul's a gangster. When you come up against the apostle that went into the tomb of Jesus. Jesus cooked this man breakfast when he was resurrected. You don't charge up that guy. That guy was with Jesus. Paul was like, I don't care. I don't care who you was with, man. You're not going to mess this up. This movement is amazing. You need friends that come against you. You need some friends that are get in your chest and say, that, that, that is not the character that exemplifies Christ. You need people that will tell you when you come home, I told my boss off. I couldn't take it no more, and I had to put my faith down for a second and tell them I had to give them a piece of my mind. You need a friend that will push back and not co-sign with you. And say you should never allow anybody on your job to make you compromise your witness because you got tired today. If you only have people. That are around you, that every idea you have is great. You're the smartest person in your circle. Everything you say is like a revelation from heaven. You don't have friends. You have fans. And if all you have is fans, they will cool you off. I'm going to let it marinate. Friends will, f- will 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 stoke the flames that are on the inside of you. Fans will cool you off, and they will desensitize you to your blind spots. Ooh, this is so good. So you need some people that come again. I had it was funny when I was going through these points. I'm like, I'm Lord, I'm good, because I have these type of friends. I, I have. I have the type of friends that I think I came up with a great idea. And I'd be like, man, that's terrible. And I'm like, do you know who I am? They'd be like, yes, you're Tim. And I'm like, you're right. Because sometimes you can allow what you do to blind you to who you are. (laughs) What I do is pastor. Who I am is Tim. And a real friend will not allow you to think that what you do is who you are. They will stand against you and remind you, you do know you're just Tim. For the record. I don't care if you flew all around the world and preached to people and started a church. You're you're just Tim. You're pretty regular. And Paul understood this. That's why Paul put his name in front of his title. Anytime he addressed himself in in, in his writings, he said, I, Paul, an apostle. He never allowed what he did to get ahead of who he was. I'm Paul, and I happen to be a sent one. That's it, though. See, the people that, 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 that like the title more than they like the name are the ones that get surrounded by fans. I'm apostle, Paul. I'm the bishop. Of what? I'm the prophet. I am a prophet. If I get one more person on Facebook, I'm going to just digress for, for a second of a pet peeve. If I get one more person on Facebook who has their title before their name, prophetess, Deborah, you just Deborah, stop. I don't know if you can prophesy when you say something, but you're Deborah who happens to prophesy. Not prophetess who happens to Deborah. I'm just gonna chill real quick. I'ma just, do you understand? (laughs) You're an apostle who happens to be Charles? Really? You're an evangelist who happens to be Billy? You need some friends that'll just get in your face a little bit and be like, will you please stop that? That looks ridiculous. Take that name off. But I'm a prophet. So what? Be Billy. And we'll tell you if you're a prophet when what you say comes to pass. I'm going to leave it alone. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. All right, here's where I'm going to get my extra credit points. Go to... uh, Genesis chapter number 14. I'm going to read you this passage before I give you the third one. Got to take my time on this one so I can get my credit. Okay. Genesis chapter number 14. This is so good. Y'all getting something out of this? This is, this is, this is going to modify your friends list a little bit, but it's really good. Like you need the right people around you. When, when you have the right people around you, you win. You really do win. So, so, so here's, here's the third one. Uh, 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 Genesis, chapter number 14, uh, starting at uh, the first verse, I'm going to read through 16. Here it goes. Uh, about this time, uh, war broke out in the, in the region. King Amraphel uh, of Babylonia, King Arioch of Elisar, King Ketileomer, I'm only saying that once, so you know I can say it, Ketileomer, from now on, I will call him King Ked, got it? but I can pronounce it as Kedileomer, okay? King Kedileomer of Elam, uh, King Tito of Goim, uh, fought against King Bera of Sodom, King Bersha of Gomorrah, King Shinab of Adma, King Shemaber of Zeboim, uh, and the king of Bela, also called Zar. Whew. Thank you, mommy. Um, this second group of kings joined forces in the Siddam Valley, that is the Valley of the Dead Sea. For 12 years, they had been subject to King Ked, But in the 13th year, they rebelled against him. One year later, Ked and his allies arrived and defeated the Rephaites at Ashtaroth Kenaim, the Zuzites at Ham, the Emites at Sheva Keriathim, and the Horites uh, at Mount Seir, as far as El Paran at the edge of the wilderness. They then turned back And came to in Mishpat, now called Kadesh, much better word, and conquered all the territory of the Amalekites and also the Amorites living at Hazazon, Tamar. Then the rebel kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboam, and Bela, also called Zor. Uh, prepared for battle in the valley of the Dead Sea. They fought against King Ked of Elam, King Tito of Goem, King Amraphel of Babylonia, and King Arioch of Elessar, uh, four kings against five. As it happened, the valley of the Dead Sea was filled with tar pits. And as the army of the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into the tar pits while the rest escaped into the mountains. The victorious invaders then plundered Sodom and Gomorrah and and headed headed for home, taking with them all the spoils of war and the food supplies. They also captured Lot. Uh Uh-oh. Abraham's nephew. Uh Uh-oh who lived in Sodom and carried off everything he owned. But one of Lot's men escaped and reported everything to Abram, the Hebrew, who was living near the oak grove belonging to Mamre, the Amorite. Mamre and his relatives, Eshcol and Aner, were Abram's allies. When Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized 318 trained men who had been born into his household, he then pursued Ked's army until he caught up with them at Dan. There he divided his men and attacked during the night. Ked's army fled, but Abram chased them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. Abraham recovered all the goods that had been taken, and he brought back his nephew Lot <laughs> with his possessions and all the women and other captives, amen. Amen. Third point, final point, you need friends that fight for you. You need some friends that fight alongside you. You need some friends that fight against you. And you need some friends that fight for you. Anybody beside me had seasons of your life where you just couldn't fight. I mean, you just couldn't. Strength is gone exhausted, and you're a fighter, you're a warrior, you want to take it, and you're just like, I don't have it in me. I just, I just can't do it. You need some people that can come alongside you and go, I got this for you. Yeah, Hear me, not an enabler, not a codependent, not somebody that has a healthy enmeshing where you can't survive without them. I'm talking about somebody that can see where you are and go, you know what? I got this for you because I know you can't get this yourself. Abram had this nephew, Lot. He didn't know he was going to have his own son. He had been given this promise. He doesn't know yet. He, this is, this is uh, uh, chapter number 14. He just comes into this relationship with God in chapter number 12. Uh, uh, In chapter number 13, Lot is benefiting uh, off the the blessing of being with his uncle to the point that he's now wealthy as well. So Lot takes a portion and he goes one way, uh, Abram goes another. Lot has a poor choice in choosing cities, clearly. He moves down to Sodom. And let me tell you why it's a poor choice to move into Sodom. Um, When the crime rate is 110%, you probably shouldn't move into that city. Like if you're born in that city and that's all you know, you know how to survive that. You shouldn't move. Like Zillow should have told you. (laughs) School system's great, but the crime rate, not so great. Let me tell you why I know the crime rate was 110%. Because um, it it wasn't Lot that got kidnapped. Sodom got kidnapped. When your whole city gets kidnapped, (laughs) That's probably not a city. Like, you should never live in that city. Like, hey, where do you live? Grand Prairie. Oh, that's a great city. Yeah, uh, 10 years ago, though, <laughs> someone got kidnapped. Who? Everybody. How does the whole city get kidnapped? All right. The whole city gets kidnapped. So this is massive. It's not just they threw Lot in the trunk and drove off with him. The whole city of Sodom gets kidnapped. One person gets away. One person always gets away because who's going to write the story, right? (laughs) It always happens, right? One person gets away. This guy gets away. He runs back to Abram and he tells Abram, your nephew Lot and the entire city just got kidnapped. Now, this is where you find out what kind of friend you have or not. Because some people would hear that and be like, that is terrible. I'm going to be praying for them. Matter of fact, let me put it on Instagram right now. Pray for Sodom. Hashtag. That's what a lot of people do right now. They don't do anything, but they'll post praying. They won't buy buy a plane ticket and go over there. They won't send resources. They don't get on the phone and say how they can really help, but the hashtag comes quick. Praying for Sodom. Real. Terrible was happening over there. Abram goes, I'm sorry, what happened? Oh, all, all of Sodom got, all of them got jacked. Everybody got kidnapped, the whole city. Really? Okay. This is Abraham. Father, fa- that guy, Father Abraham. Had many sons, many sons, and many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you, so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Some of y'all went to camp. Some of y'all went to a Christian camp. You had some good parents or some good grandparents. Something happened. We talk about that guy. Yeah, he had many sons. Abraham was a gangster. Anytime you get 318 trained men, what you training them to do? Just in case something pop off, I just need you trained. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just praying. I just think we should be trained. We go to the gun range. Why? Just in case. This is recreation. Just in case, though. Okay. 318 men with him, includes 19, they, they go looking for them. Like, you don't even know where they are. You just on your horse. Riding out with a promise from God, but your friend in trouble. You're going to be the father of many nations. I don't know after this war, but we about to go find out. I mean, you just riding out. And they find them. And they don't just find them. They beat them. Whoop everybody. And they don't just this is what I love. They don't just go get lot back. Personal interest. A good friend says, I want to make sure everybody's okay. I'm gonna fight for you, but I want to make sure everybody is okay. This is in the best interest of everybody. And he goes out there and he gets everybody back. If I was Lot. I would have moved back in with my uncle. I would have been like, you know, you know what? I shouldn't have left. You know what? These are your ghosts anyway, man. You gave them to me. So, how about I just come back home? I'll be your son. You don't even need Isaac. I'll be your son. I just came back home. But you need some people like Uncle Abraham. Like, you need some people that they. they um, they, they, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. They, they, can, they, can, they can catch you in conversation. How you doing? I'm fine. No, you're not. What you need? No, 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 I'm good. No, you're not. Do you know who you're talking to? I'm your friend. I can fight for you. What do you need? Well, you know, honestly, I'm just tired. And, and th- this is just, I, I, I can't do this. Well, well, how can I help? I'm, I'm going to help you in this area. They're the type of people, before you ask, they just show up with something. Yeah. I heard the way you sounded on the phone, and I thought you needed a donut. Well, I'm on a keto diet. Shut up. Eat this donut. You will feel much better, and you can keto tomorrow. Keto, are you with me? No. This donut is with me, right? I got to stop. Listen. Listen. I got to stop. I got to stop. Okay. Um, I'm wilding out today. Okay. <laughs> you need some people that'll fight for you. And, and let me tell you why I love the fact that this is Abram that fought like this. Because Abram has a son who has a son that has sons that produced a son that had a son that has some sons that has sons and sons and sons and sons and sons and sons and sons, and sons, and sons that produced the son who would do the same thing for us as Abraham did for Lot. Abraham did for Lot what Jesus would do for us. He, he said, I, I'm going to fight for you because you can't get out of the state you're in by yourself. Sin has captured the entire planet. And you can't get out of it yourself. But I'll fight this one for you. <laughs> you don't have to fight this one yourself. And Jesus Christ goes to the cross. And becomes the epitomization of what Abraham did for Lot. He fights alongside us. He fights against us. And he fights for us. What? What? A friend we have in Jesus. It's a great friend. We don't just need them vertically, we need them horizontally. So go find your remain friends. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Urban.